Amen. Hey, greet a couple of people and then you can be seated. Let's go ahead and get into the into the into the message here. Open your Bibles to Hebrews uh, ten and thirty eight. Hebrews ten thirty eight. Uh, the scriptures will be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible though, we'd like to loan you one of ours. You can raise your hand real high, and our ushers would be glad to loan you one of ours. There's just a, a special blessing, I think, that comes when we have a Bible and we, we turn in it. And uh, some of you may have a what do they call them, iPads or uh, whatever. I don't care how you bring the Bible. It doesn't have to be in book form. It can be on a computer form or phone. Just don't be talking or texting, you know. <laughs> that wouldn't be too respectful, would it? But uh, just, I think there is a special blessing when you just hold the Bible and, and uh, look, look in the Scriptures. Hebrews 10.38. Now this, I usually use the New King James Version. There's lots of good versions of the Bible, you know. Uh, King James, New King James, NIV, uh, New American Standard. Uh, the Message Bible uh, sometimes really does a good job with, with some of the translations. Sometimes it doesn't, but, but uh, sometimes it does. But look right here. At, uh, it's on the screen. Hebrews 10.38 says, but anyone who is right with me, anyone who's right with God, thrives on loyal trust. One thing I've learned about people that really love God is, is, and, and walk with Him closely, they're loyal. And, uh, but notice this, if He cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. If He cuts and runs. Has anybody ever cut and run before? Or th- how many's ever thought about it, you know? Won't make God very happy. Verse 39, we're, we are not what? Quitters. We're not what? Quitters. We're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no. We'll stay with it and survive trusting all the way. We'll stay with it. God's looking for people that will stay with the plan that he's given them for their life. We're not quitters Oh no, titling this message today really with a question and an answer. The question is quit and the answer is no way. Let's practice that. I'm going to ask you the question and you're going to give me the answer. Quit? No way. Quit? No way. The only way you're going to lose is if you quit as it pertains to the things of God. Notice, we'll stay with it and survive. That's what the Bible says. You need to stay with the plan that God's given you for your life. You need to stick with following Him. Quit? Now I want to note some reasons people quit serving God. Some reasons people quit. Notice Exodus 16 verse 1. Let's turn there. Exodus 16 verse 1. Uh, this is the Israelites in the wilderness. It says they journeyed from Elam 
Exodus 16, verse 1. They journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of... What land did they depart from? Egypt. They came out of the world, didn't they? Egypt's a type of the world. That's what happens when we get saved. We come out of the world. Come over into the kingdom of light, you know. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. What's one reason that people quit serving God? It's this. It's the good old days mentality. The good old days mentality. Let's remember the good old days. The good old days when we were in Egypt. The good old days when we were in the world. There's just one problem with that. And you need to be aware of this because this is a reason that people quit. They remember the good old days, but they only remember the good. They don't remember all the hell and the heartache and the bad stuff. Did you hear me? See, they're remembering, you know, they're in the wilderness. Serving God isn't always easy. Doing what God wants you to do isn't always easy. And they're in the wilderness. Things aren't going just the way that maybe they thought that they should. And they're remembering the good old days when they were back in Egypt. When they sat by the pots of meat. And when they ate bread to the full. See, they're remembering the good stuff. But they're forgetting Exodus 1. Flip back over to Exodus 1. Go over to Exodus 1. Verse 13, see they're remembering when they were sitting by the pots of meat and eating bread to the full. They're remembering the, the good stuff, but there was something else going on. Look at Exodus 1.13, so the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with what? With a rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. In mortar, in brick, and in all manner of service in the field, all their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. There's nothing good about that. Is there anything good about that? No. See, the good old days, the good old days, we think of the good old days. But the problem with that is, is see, we get to serving God and things don't go quite the way we think. And we think about the good old days when we were back in the world. And we think about the good stuff, but we forget about the hard bondage that the devil had us in. And, and, and if we just think about the good old stuff, we might be tempted to go back. You just need to remember the whole picture. There's been times in my life as, as, as I've served God and as we've pastored the church and whatnot over the years, there's been times where I've 
thought about the good old days of teaching junior high. (laughs) And there was some good things there. There were some sweet little kids and, you know, they'd bring you the apple and, you know, there was some nice stuff, some good things. But we, ha- we can't just remember the good things. We have to remember the spit wads to the back of the head when you're, huh? <laughs> we have to remember all the cussings out that you take, you know, huh? All the stuff thrown at you. Anybody's ever been hit in the back of the head with a piece of chalk? The good old days of teaching junior high. No, no, no. Thank God for good teachers. Thank God for folks that go and endure that. But I don't want to go back to that. I'm going to stick serving, stick with serving God. But you see, if you're not watchful... See, you've got to remember, I taught in some tough districts. I didn't teach in the Rockwood district. I didn't teach in the Lindbergh. I, I taught in some rough, some rough districts. I mean, it was tough. And it hasn't gotten any better since I, I, I hadn't taught in school. It's been, oh, probably, what's it been now? Probably 13 years. I mean, now they're, back then they didn't really bring guns in too much. They bring them in now. So I guess getting hit with a bullet would be worse than hit, getting hit with a piece of chalk, huh? I... Uh, I remember I was teaching one day and uh, subbing. After we went to Bible school, I came back and we were subbing. I was subbing. And they warned me about this certain class. It was back in that rough district that I'd come out of. And we went to, got married, went to Bible school. We came back to St. Louis. And I, I needed to make a living until we got the ministry going, church going. You know, so I'm subbing. And I remember they warned me about this fifth-hour class. That is, is horrible. I mean, it substitutes just don't make it through. The, the, the class, it's hard for the teacher to make it through the class because the class was so unruly and wild. And they warned me about this class that was coming up, you know, a fifth hour. And the teacher had warned me in the notes. And the other teachers I knew said, Mr. Shield, you're in the fifth hour. It's just demonic. It's just really bad. And so, you know, I'm wondering what's going on here. And so they, they come in. They sit down. There's this uh, uh, one kid came in, and he was so... Uh, uh, rough and tough he had an assistant that came with him that was with him every day to kind of keep him under control and to give him a medic medication if he got too out of control <laughs> so I'm standing there oh my gosh and so the bell rings and the bell I'll never forget bell rings they somebody hits the lights the shades they pull a few of the shades down and I'm just standing there looking at this and they thought they was going to have a field day with me and I don't get like this very much, but I went ballistic. I went crazy. Nuts. And I scared those little devils. I scared them so bad this lady gets up and she runs out. I get control of the classroom and we finish up the class and go on with the day. And the principal comes over afterward and I knew him. He had known me before and he comes over and he said, he said, Mr. Scheel, you did something that no other sub has been able to do. You made it through this class. <laughs> Mr. Scheel, your ways are mysterious. I don't know what you do. but." <laughs> 
And he said, that lady, I asked about that lady if she was okay. Oh, yeah, she came over to my class, or to my office from your class, and she wanted me to call the police on you. She thought you were crazy. (laughs) But he said, Mr. Shield, just between you and me, way to go. So that's the kind of stuff I dealt with. I don't want to go back to that. I'd rather I'd rather be here serving God, Amen. You know, for me, I mean, thank God for good junior high teachers and Christian ones, but Amen. Look at Exodus sixteen four. Notice that, if you would, we just read sixteen three, when they're saying, "Hey, we don't have food. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We don't have food." They're wanting to go back, but look at Exodus sixteen four. Then the Lord said to Moses. Behold, I'll rain bread from heaven for you. Is that pretty cool or what? Now, if they go back to Egypt, I mean, they they never got bread rain from heaven back there, did they? So, I mean, for me, I don't want to go back to the life I had before. I don't want to go back to that. I think about, see, when I, when I get to thinking about, oh, I'm going to go back and teach school. I'm going to go back and teach school. When I get to thinking about that, I mean, I think about some of the bad stuff. And then I start thinking about all the cool things that God has done and all the cool things I've got to experience in the ministry and the healing power of God and see people healed of this, that, and the other thing. Think about the cool things that time God had me slap that knot on the back of that lady lady's neck golf ball size and in 24 hours by the power of God it went down glory to God how many of you know God's still in the healing business amen praise God that's God I've got to do a lot of cool things under the power of God so why do I want to go back to what I had before when I got something better now amen look at Hebrews 11:15, just talking about reasons people quit they think about oh it was so good back in the days of yesteryear how many has ever you don't have to vote you can only vote if you want to has anybody when you were in the world as a sinner were you ever hung over did you ever get hung over anybody ever get hung over I've never been drunk on what the world has to offer has anybody ever been hung over now that night before, I guess it was a lot of fun, but that next morning being hung over is no fun, is it? Huh? So when you think, when serving God gets tough and you think about, oh, how wonderful we had it back in the world, just think about being hung over and what you went through that next morning. That's no fun, is it? So you've got to not only think about some of the good stuff, but how many of you know there's pleasure in sin for a season? But only for a season, and at the end of that season, it's like gravel in the mouth. Is that, you understand what I'm saying? It's bad fish, isn't it? So, so here's the thing. Hebrews 11:15. look at this. It talks about Abraham and Sarah when God had called them out from the place they had been. Truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they'd come out, they would have had opportunity to what? To return. Hey, don't be thinking about, you know, how great it was back serving the devil. <laughs> don't, be, don't set your mind on that. Set your mind on how good it is serving God. But if you think about the days of yesteryear, how many of you know we can learn from yesteryear, but we shouldn't live in yesteryear? We need to move on. 
Be thankful for what God has done for us. There's nothing good back there in Egypt. There's nothing good back there in the world. No, serving God is fun. Serving God is cool. I mean, it's not all a bed of roses, but it wasn't a bed of roses in the world, was it? But serving God's a whole lot better. I tell you what, serving the devil, did you know what the devil, he'll use you, he'll abuse you, and when he's done with you, he'll discard you like yesterday's newspaper. Did you know that? But God's not that way. He cares about you. Amen? Did you hear me? So if they'd been mindful of that country from which they'd come out, they'd have had opportunity to return. Let's don't be thinking about the days of yesteryear. Let's learn from our past. Let's don't live in our past. Look at Philippians 3.13. Look at this. We're just talking about some reasons people quit because they get to thinking how good it was back there. And then they quit serving God. Look at at, uh, Philippians 3.13. The Apostle Paul He says, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. What what did he do? He what? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? Forgetting those things which are behind. Now, something that I feel like the Lord wanted me to point out here in this message that I have never pointed out before. When we think of Paul forgetting the past, I've always looked at it from the standpoint of all the persecution that he'd been going through, you know, and all the tough stuff he'd been going through. And so we've got to forget that stuff and move on, and that's true. But did you ever think about it from this standpoint? Before he became Paul, he was, what was his name? He was Saul, and he was one of the religious leaders, he had, a, he had a real nice position. He was well thought of, not by the Christians. Mean, he was bad news to the Christians, but amongst the people he ran with. Huh? And so he's, he's persecuting the church. He has this position of authority and this position of power and this position of respect. And now he gets saved. And now he's getting persecuted and beat up everywhere he goes. Don't you think it would have been easy for him to think back on, you know what, when I was over there with the bad guys, <laughs> you know, when I was over there in, in, that, in that religiosity, I had a position of power. I had a position of authority. And now, look, I've become a Christian and I'm getting beat up on every side. He not only had to forget the bad stuff, he had to forget some of the quote-unquote good stuff. Did you hear me? Forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward to those things which are ahead. I tell you what, if we live our Christian life looking in the rearview mirror, we're going to wind up more than likely being tempted to go back. No, we must learn from the past, but forget those things which are behind and press forward. How many of you know our future is bright? If we're serving God, our future is bright. So that's one reason. Here's another reason. Look at John 6.66. John chapter 6, verse 66. John chapter 6, verse 66. Here's another reason that people quit serving God. It's a reason people quit going to church a lot of times. Notice John 6.66. 
From that time, many, not just a few, but many of his, many of Jesus' disciples went back and walked with him no more. Can you imagine that? There's Jesus in the flesh standing there in his earthly ministry. Can you imagine walking away from him? One version says they associated with him no more. They quit. Are we going to quit? But they did. They quit. Now much we could say about this because Jesus was teaching on some things and they were listening to spiritual truth with natural ears and and all of that. But, but, But at the root of it, did you know Jesus always goes to the root of the situation? When he diagnoses something, he goes right to the root of it. Because that's the only way you're going to be able to help somebody is to go to the root. If you just deal with symptoms, that doesn't get the job done. He he goes to the root. If you look back up at verse 61, he'll tell you the reason they quit. Look at John 6:61. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, "Does this Does this what? Does this what? Offend you. They were offended, weren't they? Offense is another thing. Becoming offended is another reason people quit serving God. Very oftentimes, people will get offended by what someone did to them at the church. Or what a pastor may have said or a pastor may have done or what a fellow church member may have said or may have done or, or whatever. They'll get offended. And then they'll just, and sometimes people just won't let it go. They just won't let it go. They're just going to be offended. And, 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 I, and I've watched them stop serving God over the years. I've watched them stop going to church because so-and-so offended them. Quit? No way. No way. Don't let what somebody else did to you cost you in your walk with God. It's not worth it. A lot of the times I've seen people get offended by somebody, the person that offended them, they don't even know they offended them. And I've watched people stop serving God over, over stuff. You know, I'm not saying we ought to be offensive and go around offending people. We shouldn't do that. But, you know, I mean, you know, as a, as, like as a pastor, there's sometimes I've got to teach some stuff that's from the Word of God that, that might step on your toes. Did you know God will at times step on your toes? How many of you know you don't want to go to a church where they never step on your, where, where the Bible never steps on your toes? If you go somewhere where they're always telling you all the time, that every, you know, that everything's wonderful, you're never going to grow. I'm not talking about somebody taking the Bible and beating you over the head. I'm not talking about that. But just there's some things that, a lot of things in the Word of God that will step on all of our toes. But we don't need to become offended. Let's let the Lord step on our toes. Now, if I'm up here as an ignorant individual stepping on your toes, that's one thing. But even so, you shouldn't, you shouldn't stop serving God over that. But if I'm standing here and, you know, teaching the Word of God, you know, it says you shouldn't gossip. Huh? And that steps on your toes. How many of you know if you're gossiping, you need your toes stepped on? Huh? Is that right? You need, well, you actually need your tongue stepped on. Is that right? How many of you know that's right? Let the Lord step on your toes. Don't become offended because offense is something that causes people to stop 
serving God. Here's another thing. Acts 15.38. Let's go there. Acts 15.38. Here's another thing. This is when Paul was getting ready to go out on his second missionary journey. And on the first journey he had taken Barnabas. And then they took Barnabas' nephew Mark along. And now they're getting ready to go on the second journey. And Mark wants to go with them. But look, and I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible. It'll be on your screen. Acts 15:38. But Paul wouldn't have him. That's Mark. He wasn't about to take along a... A what? A quitter. Who, as soon as the going got tough, he jumped ship on them in Pamphylia. As soon as the going got tough... He quit. Paul wasn't going to take a quitter along. One reason people stop serving God is because the way gets too hard. The way gets too hard. It kind of goes along with what we said about the Israelites earlier. The way got too hard. They wanted to go back to Egypt. The way got too hard for Mark. So he he left. He quit. He quit. He quit. And it cost him. He missed out on a lot of cool things. He also missed out on some persecution, but I, be, I believe the cool things with God far outweigh the persecution. He missed out on some blessing. Now the good news is, later on down the road, he evidently repented and Paul used him. That's good, but a lot of times people quit because the way gets too hard. The way gets is just too hard, just too tough. Just too hard, just too tough. I remember when uh, there was one time where, where uh, school, when I was studying to become a math teacher, it got tough. It got hard. It got really tough. And I remember we went over there. The only time my mom ever came with me to sign up for the next, ses- the next semester, she came with me. And I remember the line was long and, and it was hot outside and the line went all the way out, wrapped around the building and it was over at UMSL and... And she came along with me, and I said, oh, Mom, it's so hard. I just, I've been studying, and I just can't do this anymore. I've done all the calculus, the differential equations. I've done all this. I, can't, I just can't do it anymore. I just can't, just, and so she said, fine, quit. Oh, all right, cool. Mom just said quit. So we went and got in the car, and we're driving home, and she says, uh, but we're going to need to stop off at McDonald's and get you an application. <laughs> What'd you talking about? <laughs> so we turned, I turned the car back around and we went and stood in the line. And I'm glad that I didn't quit. Amen? Oh, I'm so glad I didn't quit. I'm so glad I didn't quit. I remember another time I was tempted to quit. To quit. I was studying non-Euclidean geometry. As if Euclidean ge- geometry wasn't tough enough. I came up, I studied downstairs and <laughs> we didn't have air conditioning and, and this is 100 degrees outside so I studied down in the basement. My mom didn't like air conditioning. She thought it was canned air. And finally when I, when I got married and moved out, she got an air conditioner put in her house and she'd never turn it on and I'd turn it on and no more than I got around the road, she'd turn it off. But I'm downstairs studying non-Euclidean geometry and I'm crying and I, I come upstairs crying. Mom, I can't do this. I can't do this. She said, get back down there and finish studying. (laughs) You know where I was real thankful that I didn't quit? 
and, and, and any of you construction folk in here, God bless you. I, I, God bless you. I mean, has anybody ever shingled a roof? Has anybody ever pulled the shingles off the roof? Well, I thank God and I honor construction people. But we were in Tulsa, and I had got hired to teach at Tulsa Junior College. It was because I finished my education up here in St. Louis as a math teacher. So I'm going to teach math at Tulsa Junior College while we go to Bible school. And I'm up on the roof because we needed some money in the meantime. And I'm up on a roof pulling shingles. And it was about 100 degrees. And I remember at one point I just thought to myself, oh, I'm so glad I didn't quit. I'm so glad I didn't quit. I'm so glad I didn't quit studying math because I didn't have to pull shingles for a living and and lay shingles. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying I was glad I didn't quit. Are we going to quit? Serving God is not always a bed of roses. Serving God isn't always a lot of fun. But I tell you what, uh, quitting, consider the alternative. Quitting God is not the way to go. Amen? Look at second, just a few more of these. Second Timothy 4.10. Are you getting anything out of this today? This, this, we all come up on these points in our life when we're tempted to quit. Here's another reason. Second Timothy 4.10. Demas, Paul is speaking here. Demas, Demas was a fellow worker with Paul. He worked with him in the ministry. Demas has forsaken me. That means he quit. Having loved this what? Present world and has departed for Thessalonica. Demas, here's another reason people quit, is they'll say serving God's not fun. I want to go back and have some fun. I want to go back and have some fun. He wanted to go back into the world, didn't he? He wanted to go back and have some fun. He wanted to go back and have some fun. You know what the Bible says? All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Is that right? So he's essentially, I'm not having any fun. Serving God's no fun. I want to go have some fun. I want to go back in the world. I want to go back where I can go to the nightclubs. How many of you know Christians don't go to nightclubs? Is that right? Huh? And get drunk? And... Now you may go in there sometime to witness to somebody, but you get what I'm saying. We don't do things what the world does. We don't go get drunk. Amen? Well, I'm a Christian. I can't watch any R-rated movies where they're cussing. Christians shouldn't watch R-rated movies. Is that right where they're cussing? Is that right? Now, is that right? You know, there's a lot of people that, that have heard me say that over the years and they don't come back to this church because they like watching R-rated movies where there's all kinds of four-letter words being used. How many of you know Christians should not be watching those things? How many of you know some PG-13s are, huh? And you know what the devil will do? Maybe you came today just to get this. He'll desensitize you to where a woman can walk out half naked and it doesn't phase you. If you've gotten to that place, you need to really think about repenting and getting back serious with walking with God. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Yeah, but I'm serving God here and I can't, I can't watch R-rated movies. I can't go get drunk. I can't go do this. I can't go do that. I can't go. Hey, there's a whole lot of things you can't do. But you know what? When you serve God, there's a whole lot more things you can do. Amen? It's got some power in it, some worthwhileness in it. Amen? Glory to God. And what did we say? There's pleasure in sin just for a what? For a season. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. He wanted to have some fun. That's one reason people stop serving God. 
One reason people stop coming to church a lot of times is because church isn't fun anymore. And churches can become religious and, and where it's no fun. How many of you know coming to church ought to be fun? And it shouldn't be fun just because I got up and told a bad joke about a man shooting a bear. Is that right? It ought to be fun. It ought to be fun because the power of God is here. Amen? Is that right? So he, Demas forsook him because he, he wanted to go back in the world. He wanted to go back to what the world had to offer. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. You know another thing, the, I think the Message Bible, we don't have this on the screen, but it says this, Demas has forsaken me chasing fads. You know, I've watched a lot of Christians. They find the church God wants them to be in. They get settled in that church. And then some fad breaks out at another church somewhere. And they'll leave the place God wants them to go to the fad. There's just one problem with that. The fad's only going to last just so long. And when the fad fizzles, guess what? Now you're out of the will of God. You find out where God wants you to go. And you go there and you be faithful. Amen? Because, you see, it's your pastor that will have the word that you need to hear that week. Amen? Now, you, how many of you know I don't do your hearing from God for you? You do that. Is that right? But, but, but along with that, if you're where God wants you to be, he's going to have me seeking him. I'll be seeking him all week. And, and I've had people over the years, how did you know I need to hear that? How did you know I need to hear that? How did you, know you know I need to hear that, pastor? Because I'm your pastor, and God gave me that week what you needed to hear. I'll guarantee it to you, there's some people in here today that you needed to hear this message on quitting. Guarantee it to you. Amen. Now, uh, just a couple more of these. Look, if you would, um, at, uh, turn over to Luke 24, verse 49. After Jesus was raised from the dead, we're talking about why people quit serving God. After Jesus was raised from the dead, he appeared to many people. And there's one scripture that says that he appeared to over 500 people at once. He told them to go and wait in the upper room. Is that right? Is that right? Now, does anybody remember there there was over 500 people that he appeared to and evidently said, go to Jerusalem? How many showed up? 120. So there was about 400 people that what? That quit. And you know why they quit? Look at Luke 24:49. He said to them, "Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but what's that next word? What's that next word? What does Terry mean? It means to wait. Wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Why did that word, that word Terry, which means wait, that word wait, cost or caused four, about 400 people to quit? Do you know why a lot of people quit, quit on God and they quit serving God and they quit on the things of God? Is because God is not a microwave God. And we live in a microwave society. Now God can do something quick. He is a God, he is, he is a God of miracles. He is sovereign. He is mighty. But you know what? You take 30 years to mess your life up and then you expect God to abracadabra you out in five seconds. It doesn't work that way. He can do it that way, but typically he doesn't. Oh, miracle debt cancellation. That is not scriptural. He only did that a couple of times. Unique circumstances. You got yourself into that debt one dollar at a time. You're going to have to get yourself out one dollar at a time. God will help you. Amen. And he can do miraculous things. 
But when we believe God, we have to wait. Real loud, say wait. wait. And that means patience, doesn't it? Yeah. Got to be patient. And what is patience? The ability to wait with a good and a right attitude. Not just waiting, but waiting with a what? A good and a right attitude. Do you understand that? And we need to wait. We need to tarry. We need to wait. We want God to do it right now. I remember when I was a kid, you turned a TV set on, you had to wait a few minutes for it to warm up. Now I'm screaming and yelling at it if it doesn't come on right away. How about you? You see what this society will do to us. We need to wait. And something else I feel impressed to say to you here is wait because things can get better. I said things can get better. Do you know as I study the Bible, I see that there's different Bible characters, that there were times that things were good in their life, and then things got really rotten, but they didn't quit on God, they didn't give up on God, and things got better again. Think about Job. When we first see Job, he's the richest man in the East. Is that right? And then we see him at another time where he's lost all his children, he's lost his money, he's lost his health. Is that right? He's got his wife saying, curse God and die, he's having marital problems. Is that right? But you know what? He didn't quit, did he? He didn't give up. He didn't quit. He, he, he probably thought about it. You could make argument. But he didn't quit. And you know what? The end of Job, he had twice as much as when he started. You see, don't quit. If you're going through a valley right now, don't quit because you know what? You're going to come out of that valley if you stick with God and he'll put you back on the mountaintop. Don't quit. Are we going to quit? No way. No way. Look at this. I need to hurry this up. John 21. Go there real fast. John 21. I'm trying to preach a little shorter these days. John 21, verse 3. Go there real quick. Like one old boy said, if you can't say it in about 35 minutes, it doesn't need to be said in the first place. So I'm trying to get to... There again, on the other side of the coin, sometimes you have to wait on God. Is that right? Amen. Jesus had been crucified and all of that. And Peter and John and all of them had been serving Jesus. They'd been with him for three and a half years. Now Jesus had been crucified and all of that. And they were very discouraged. John 21.3, notice this. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going. Has anybody ever thought that? You know, I've been serving God. I've been doing what God told me to do and it just hasn't been working out. You know, I'm tired of this. I'm going fishing. (laughs) Now there's nothing wrong with going fishing, but Peter wasn't just going fishing because he needed a little recreation. What did he do before Jesus called him into the ministry? Fisherman. What did he do before Jesus called him to be a Christian? Fishing. So now Jesus is gone. He's discouraged. And now I'm going to go back to what I did before. It's like me going back to teach school. There's just one thing with that. When, when, When Jesus found Peter fishing the first time, was Peter catching anything? He'd fished all night and hadn't caught anything. Is that right? It was time for him to leave what he was doing and serve Jesus. Is that right? Now, Jesus has been crucified and, 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 and all of that. And, and Peter's in a low moment right now. He said, I'm going fishing. And look, they said to him, we're going with you. Well, misery loves company, doesn't it? We're going with you. <laughs> they went out and immediately got in the boat that night. And they, and they, and they What? They caught nothing. Well, they weren't catching anything three and a half years ago. Now they're going to go back to what they were doing before they knew Jesus. And guess what? They're still going to catch nothing. 
I'm going back to teach school. I'm going back into the world. I'm going back. You know what? It's going to be just as miserable as it was. Huh? Come on. That's what the Spirit of God is saying over and over again. Let's don't go back there. Because the devil will paint things of the days of yesteryear. How wonderful it was. Well, you were miserable back there. Why do we want to go back there? To go back there, we've got to leave God. Now, we may not have to leave him as our Savior, but we have to leave him as following him. It's not going to be any better without God. They're catching nothing. But then, of course, Jesus shows up and he says, look at verse 6, cast the net at the right side of the boat. So they cast the net, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. What does this tell us? Let's don't quit on God. Let's stick with him. Praise God. Amen? You okay? And then finally, Galatians 6, 9, and we'll close here. A final reason. Of course, discouragement. They were discouraged. Has anybody been discouraged in here besides me? Has anybody ever been discouraged ever besides me? Since you've been saved, you've been discouraged. Has anybody ever been ever thought about quitting besides me? How many, how many of you lying right now? You've... They got tired. They got tired. The Bible says don't let allow ourselves to get fatigued while we're doing good. I tell you, have you ever done good stuff for God and you got discouraged and you got tired at the same time? It just looked like the situation was never going to change. And you're not only fatigued, you're, you're, you're fatigued, you're tired, you're discouraged, you're tired, and you just want to quit. When you get d- discouraged and tired, that's a time when the devil will tempt you over time to quit. Anybody ever been there beside me? You've been discouraged and tired and just, I just can't do this anymore. I just, I can't do it anymore. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't live this life anymore. I can't do this anymore. I think we've all been there. I know I've been there many times. But let's don't stop reading right there. It says, it says, at the right time. Realize, say, at the right time. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if if, if we don't give up or quit. You going to quit? No way. No way. And I want to discourage you right now. Uh, one reason that people quit is they, uh, they quit too soon. They quit too soon. They quit just short of the victory. I preached a message one time, don't stop on six. Realize they don't stop on six. What do I mean by don't stop on six? Don't just stop just short of the victory. The Bible said at the right time we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Some people stop just short. Remember, God told the Israelites to circle the city for six days and then on the seventh day go around seven. What if they'd have stopped on the sixth day? What if they'd have stopped on the sixth day? Well, we went around the city once and nothing happened. We went around the city twice and nothing happened. We went around the city three times and nothing happened. We went around the city four times and nothing happened. We went around the city five times and nothing happened. We went around the city six times and nothing happened. We're going to quit. Don't stop on six. God said on the seventh day go. So now on the seventh, now we've got to go seven times. This is not easy. This doesn't make any sense. What do they do on the seventh day? One, two. Three, four, I'm going to quit. Doesn't look. What happened? They didn't stop on six, and then when they went around that seventh time, and they blew the trumpet, and then they shouted, what happened? The walls fell down. Don't stop on six. 
I'm telling you, don't stop. Uh, don't stop on six. The man had leprosy. Remember that? He came to the prophet of God. The prophet of God said, go dip in the Jordan. How many times? Seven times. Don't stop on six. He went out there. He dipped once, nothing. Dipped twice, nothing. Leprosy. Dipped three times, nothing. Dipped four times, nothing. Dipped five times, nothing. Six times, I'm going to quit. It doesn't work. Don't stop on six because what happened? He went down there the seventh time. He came up and his flesh was just like baby skin. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. There hadn't been any rain in the land. Three and a half years. And Elijah the prophet said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. There was not a cloud in the sky. He heard it in the spirit first. He picked it up in the spirit first. It's going to start raining. He heard the sound of the abundance of rain. He told his servant, go look for the clouds. And the servant went up and he looked out, nothing. Came back the first time, reported nothing. Second time, nothing. Third time, nothing. Fourth time, nothing. Fifth time, nothing. I tell you what, if I was that servant, I'd have probably been ready to quit on about the fifth trip. And the sixth time he comes back, the guy says, do you see a cloud? Nope, nothing. Go again. He goes up the seventh time. He comes back and he says oh I see a a cloud the size of a man's hand and you know what an abundance of rain came but it wasn't until he made the seventh trip don't stop on six real loud say I will not stop on six I'm here today to tell you there's an abundance of rain coming. There's an abundance of rain. What are you talking about? Rain naturally? No, I'm talking about some of us, we've served God. We've walked with God. We've done the right thing. And we've been through an attack of the devil. We've been through an attack of people. We've been through an attack of this, an attack of that. Devil's put sickness on some of us. He's attacked us here. He's attacked us there. But you know what? We've been tempted to quit, but we haven't quit, bless God. And we've remained faithful. And I'm telling you, I I hear the sound of an abundance of victory coming. Glory to God. I hear the sound of an abundance of victory coming. Well, when's it coming, Pastor? I've been looking. I've been looking. I've been looking. Well, we're not going to quit. We're not going to stop on six. We're not going to quit because I'm telling you what, at the right time, real loud say at the right time, at the right time we'll reap a harvest if we do not what? Quit. Are we going to quit? Are we going to quit? Are we going to quit? No way. Stand with me if you would. Praise God. Hallelujah.